Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. I'm Chris Howardell, joined, as always, by Greg Crone. Gregory, how are you? I'm pretty good, Chris. I'm pretty good. Um, you know, it, it just just grinding through the fall sports season. Grinding, grinding, grinding. I noticed that I have this, like, a, I go with the announcer voice at the beginning, and then it slowly fades away to my, my more normal voice of what i've described numerous times as a frightened 13 year old girl so (laughs) it just it just occurred to me more more than it typically does this past uh, this past episode so here we are a lot going on in the sports world we've got a new world series champion the texas rangers we've got a new look to the philadelphia 76ers and we've got the last of the single-digit weeks for the 2023 season in the National Football League, Week 9, headed our way. Uh, actually, the first game of which will be uh, in about eight hours. There is a lot going on, Gregory. I've got PavadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. We're going to dig into all of that and oh, so much more. <sighs> Where to start? Let's talk about the James Harden trade. Finally happens. What were your initial reactions? Uh, I'm happy it's over. Like, so happy it's over. And then uh, realizing we actually got, like, some okay capital back for it. The players or whatever. I'm fine with Zoom. I like KJ Martin. Um, Come on. Come on. Come on. Everything else is completely worthless in that trade except for Marcus Morris. Greg, our our theme song is finally relevant again. It's finally relevant again. Robert Covington stinks. I don't care what you think. And I'm excited about it. That was, that was uh, one of my first thoughts on the whole situation, you know, um, is that we can we can get right back into, you know, time's a flat circle, Chris. We get right back into where we, where this all began. I mean, the reality of it is, is they traded for they traded James Harden for four players who carried no financial obligation after this season. And that's that's what the goal was. That's clearly why Norman Powell wasn't in the trade and. Thank God for that, because he's remarkably redundant with some of the players on the roster, as is. Um, Kelly Oubre will be the fifth starter in the short term, as per Nick Nurse. We'll see what happens once these other these other four guys are uh, ready to play. Looks like Saturday might be a realistic first game for them. But there's, you know, you're not getting a ton of help from these players. Perhaps you're getting a little bit more depth than you had previously. But I, I don't even think Marcus Morris has played this year. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the the person who will contribute the most out of this entire trade is is Nick Batum, and and we get to we get to ride out his um, retirement tour. Like that's cool. That'll be fun for everybody. <laughs> has, has Batum announced he's retiring? I think I I feel like I remember seeing that that he, this was going to be his last season, but I may be wrong. Uh, it, that's that's one of the first thoughts that also came to my mind is that we get to facilitate uh, sending Nick Batum off into the sunset. Um, but no, man, I just, I, 
I'm glad the saga's over. I'm tired of drama every season where we have someone demand a trade and then we have to get rid of them. And now the only person we can focus on getting rid of is Furkan Korkmaz. <laughs> what a what a sad headline that I sent you after that trade where I sent you the, the I think I sent it to you, but uh, Furkan Korkmaz requested that he be part of the trade to the Clippers and both teams said no. <laughs> I mean, it's really funny. It's really funny. Like, we're good, champ. Yeah. I, I, how? I don't. The, the guy just he just hangs out on the bench. It's the best job in the world, unless you actually want to play basketball in competitive games. Then it's then it's a terrible job. But to be well, it's fair, funny. It, it's funny though because two years ago, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but two years ago he was going to go back to play internationally. And there was just zero interest until he finally resigned with the 76ers at the last minute for this basically nothing contract. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds and now he's right. like, I should be a contributor at the NBA <laughs> level. Look, I too think I should be a contributor at the NBA level. I just had, I don't believe it's realistic at this point. And I think Furkan should probably jump on that ship. I'll gladly take his position on the team for his salary. If that's what we want to do for sure. sure. Is it, is it a bigger time commitment than my current situation? Absolutely. But I'm more than willing to take it. Let's see what Ferk's making this year. Ferk, still only 26, 26 years old, <laughs> continues. Crossing Broad has a story that Ferk Hancock must continues the longest trade demand in the history of the NBA. <laughs> it's, been, it's been like four seasons. He yeah. re-signed during the trade request. I know. Absolutely insane. Cork is making... Uh, he is, through this season, he'll, he will have made $16 million in the National Basketball League. Um, National Basketball Association, but it does look like he is okay. Tw- what's this? He's con- current contract twenty three, twenty four. He's making actually he'll have made after this year he'll have made twenty one million dollars, twenty one point five million dollars playing in the NBA. It's not too bad. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good sum. No, why in the world did they sign him to a five million dollar contract <laughs> when they resigned him? <laughs> Like he was literally going back to play internationally. Uh, yeah, no, he should have just went and played internationally. That's what he should have done, and we should have let him do that. Once involved in a trade with Timothy Mozgov, who, <laughs> who can for, who can forget? Uh, so it's Nick Batum and his two point seven points per game that you think plays the biggest role uh, right now. Just just to put in perspective, what Philadelphia receives in return. Batum has played three games. He's averaging 2.7 points and 2.3 rebounds in about 18 minutes. Uh, Kenyon Martin Jr., who is interesting and certainly the, the best athlete the team has in a post-Mac McClung world, has played two games, 15.5 a game, and is averaging five points per contest. Marcus Morris has not played this season. Last year averaged 11.2 points and four rebounds a game while shooting 36% from the field, uh, from three. And old friend Robert Covington, second all-time in Philadelphia 76ers history in terms of three-pointers made behind only who, Gregory? Speedy Claxton. Speedy Sharon Wright, surprisingly. <laughs> people people forget Sharon was a stretch four. Uh, Rocco's played three games, 23 minutes of contest. He's shooting 33% from the field, 25% from three. 50% from the foul line and averaging three points, 2.7 rebounds and 2.3 assists a game. 
I mean, literally, time is a flat circle, Chris. Uh, the 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 boys can dial up the band again. We can start. We can start tanking. Uh, get some more picks. Uh, find out a way to get Sarich back, and we'll That'd have ourselves wonderful. a goddamn podcast, buddy. Dario is playing meaningful minutes in Golden State, and I could not be happier for him. But you know, the funny like thing he's about starting if he's not starting, he's like the sixth or seventh guy. The funny thing about all of this is that like three games into his new tenure with the Philadelphia 76ers, you're going to be wishing that we had the old Robert Covington. I'm not, I'm not, I well, maybe, but he was the old Robert Covington was terrible. So if, as you put it yesterday, he is washed. Um, I can't imagine what that the new Robert Covington looks like. Okay. My assumption is, is terrible. Terrible was never fair. He was, he was an inefficient offensive player who shot a lot of threes and had to be paid attention to outside the arc. However, defensively, and he uh, he was outstanding, and he was a good rebounder. Dario does not look like he's starting games right now, but he is. Dario is playing, he's averaging seven point four point seven rebounds and two point two assists, shooting very poorly, uh, and identical thirty six point eight percent from the field and from three. 50% from the line matching Robert Covington's total. <laughs> and uh, yeah, five games, zero starts, about 20 minutes a game. But Dario is playing. He's he's contributing for that Golden State team. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, I mean, good for Dario. The issue is, the, <laughs> uh-huh. the, issue, the issue comes back to Covington, though, because you said Doesn't inefficient. It, inefficient, it really does. Inefficient offensively. Uh, and had contributions on the defensive side, but he was treated like goddamn royalty, Chris. The oh. man was treated like he was going to be the next savior of the franchise by a group and a sect of fans that stink. A they small stink. Subset of idiots. I, listen, those subset of idiots. Yeah, uh, they 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 led the charge and hung banners for a GM that was fired. It's it's preposterous. Preposterous. Look, we're just waiting on the Sam Hinkie return tour. Listen, I'll, I'll take that at this point. Let's let's really dial it back because the guy that's in there now, that guy stinks too. Oh, I didn't and send you. I, remind me, I have a picture I have to send you after the game. Okay. After the game. Yes, after the after They do the play game. tonight, so send it to me then. No, after remind me, I have a picture I have to send you after this. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I was just looking through stuff and I realized I never sent it to you. <sighs> so obviously this trade's about assets. It is about making a move another a little bit down the road. You know, we hear the name Zach Levine mentioned a lot. We hear OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam as potential targets this off season. It's, I don't know. I'm kind of okay letting this thing play out for a minute, man. This, this team has been fun to watch so far. The the elevation of Tyrese Max taking his game to a whole nother level, which I didn't I candidly didn't think he had, is exciting. No, man, he's been firing from three and it's been really impressive. Well, he's always he's always been a guy who so Maxi is Maxi's funny because he came into the league and the one big concern was like eh kind of a bad shooter and that first year all right he shot 30 percent on 1.7 threes a game but he's like 12 years old at that point so you forgive him 
Then he shoots 42.7% on four attempts a game. Then he shoots 43.4 on six attempts a game. And he's currently making 56% of his threes on 8.3 a game. Now, obviously not sustainable numbers, but there's no reason to believe it's not going to be in that number is not going to land in the low 40s somewhere. He has turned into one of the best shooters in basketball. And it's one of the more improbable, very quick ascensions that we've seen from a player in a while. Are we saying that working on your game with actual shooting coaches and practicing? And, no, he's and... actually, people don't know this. He's using Ben's brother. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, talk about vindication, Chris. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's a big come up for the, the Simmons family coaching tree. Yeah, the numbers jump, obviously. Well, you know, I say obviously he's not going to play 38 minutes a game, but in Nick Nurse offense, uh, he may very well play 38 minutes a game. Jumps, points have jumped from 20.3 to 30.3, a full 10-point difference this year. Um, Again, probably not sustainable, but assists have jumped from 3.5 to 6.3. The most interesting thing, rebounds have jumped from 2.9 to 6.7. Yeah, He's in there. He's in there. He's banging the boards. Like these, these are not like these are not just all star numbers. These are the numbers of a player who will get MVP votes. Yeah, if 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 he, I mean, obviously, you know, water always finds its level. For but sure. if if he even retains like eighty percent of what he's doing right now, he's going to have a phenomenal year. A phenomenal year. What is what do you think realistic? Is is twenty five five and five realistic? I think so. I think that's easily doable because he's he's now your primary ball handler somehow. Well, not somehow. The other guy, the other guy now plays for the Clippers, so mm-hmm. he has to be the guy that handles the ball for the most part. So he's just on it more. He's more involved. It's a lot less. Hey, man, try to get open. We'll we'll find you. Versus, hey, go create out there. Do do what you do that makes you special. And that's probably. My sorry, my, but my yeah. guess is that's probably the way he came up playing basketball, knowing how his skill set. You know what I mean. So he's probably more comfortable in that role, and we're seeing that flourish so far. Yeah, and that that second season, that twenty one twenty two season, he was the primary point guard while Ben was out pre James Harden trade, and that's where we saw the the previous high fourteen uh, fourteen of four point three assists per game which leveled out once Harden came in and he moved into that shooting guard position. So, yeah, look, 6.3 is a good number, especially on a team that doesn't have a ton of shooting right now other than uh, other than the starters. So, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take this. Boy, is, uh, is he going to get a lot of money when he signs his extension? Yes, it is going to be a large bag of cash, potentially even a truck full. Depending on the denomination, I suppose. <laughs> he requested to only be paid in dimes. I don't what? know. It's a weird thing. I feel like quarters, at least maybe he could like think arcades still exist. The dimes thing is just weird. And it seems like impractical. So how are you just moving around a bunch of dimes? They all have to be already pre-rolled. That was it's it's a prerequisite in the contract. So well, he's just sure. carrying around roll ten ten dollar rolls of dimes. That's how he's just paying people? He's tipping people at restaurants with, he's like, yeah, here's, here's 10 rolls. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Enjoy. That's a, a much bigger tip than, okay. Um, so that happened. How does this change your outlook on the team right now? Are you more excited to watch them play? Or are you more apprehensive about this team? 
I have no expectations. That's pretty much how I've gone into the entire season and why I've, I guess, why I've kind of enjoyed watching them so far this year. I texted you the other night. Uh, you were you were unfortunately not watching, but yeah, I was I, I was I, on a trip. My my plan was to text you. I'm enjoying this, which is something I never say. Okay, uh-huh. that for the record, <laughs> that you could have said. You said something far more cryptic, well, which was like, "I have thoughts." Have I, you seen I, the game? I had direct thoughts about the game that I can't remember at this point, but it, it was going to all cir- focus around how I'm actually enjoying it. You know what I mean? take that and and it's probably because i have zero faith that this team competes for a championship so i don't care just make the playoffs and we'll just be happy and that's what it is do we have to watch this stupid uh do we have to watch the raptors again i feel like every third game is against the raptors yes yes we do like i'm just i'm not into it it. i'm just not into (laughs) it how do okay so obviously in order to preserve cap room the target you you would be looking to trade Tobias uh, and his giant contract, along with potentially some of the pieces you got in draft picks to add on to uh, add on to the talent level of this team. Do you do you like Levine? Is does that interest you? Because I mean, he is you know he's a guy who's going to shoot the ball a ton. He's a great athlete, but he's never really been a winner. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've been hearing the Zach Levine talk for like five years now. Um... And I mean, I'm fine with it if if he can come in and fit in and it makes sense. Um, but I'm not like I'm not going to overly extend for for Zach Levine and his injury history. Yeah, it 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 feels like it does feel like that's a Tobias and a couple of draft picks. That's it, and, and the Bulls are getting a bunch of cap room. Yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly what I would do. I don't want to give I- up anything else. I would okay. This this might be dumb, but if uh, if you can include a couple of the pieces that you just got in the trades, uh, you know both you know all those guys making like eleven million dollars a year, I I think I might take a swing at getting Lonzo. Like I know there's a chance he never plays again, but allegedly this last uh, this last surgery went well. He's not going to play this year. It's an upside thing. I would, I would think I would take a swing at potentially adding Lonzo super cheap. I'd roll the dice. I'd roll. Probably should have taken him one overall uh, a few years wow. ago. <laughs> um, but no, I'd, I'd, I'd for sure roll the dice on it. Why not? The, the like, it, he's a guy that's already not on your team currently, and if the the health issues continue, then he's just still a guy that's not on your team. But right. if if it does get figured out, and he you know, for his own sake, the the pain and everything from his knees goes away and he's able to actually get back on the court and compete. He's definitely a contributing factor on a team. Absolutely. Be into it. Uh, let's talk about, I don't know if you and I have done a podcast since the Philadelphia Phillies were eliminated, but we I'm did. Looking... It was miserable. <laughs> no, that's just talking to you, buddy. <laughs> that, but, that's uh... also true. <laughs> But I'm looking at an ESPN article, and I kid, of course, but uh, I'm looking at an ESPN article that has uh, the the power rankings for the teams going into next year's season. Philly sits at four on ESPN. Bavada has the Phillies as the third most likely team to win the National League behind the Braves and the Dodgers. Is I guess it all comes down to what happens with pitching, right? Pretty much, yeah. It's, it's going to be whether Aaron Nola comes back and whether – 
you can replace him if he doesn't because, I mean, you have to assume that Wheeler is going to be, I mean, again, knock on wood, uh, going to be your number one and that guy that, that you can rely on and fill everything else out from there. Hopefully, hopefully the guys, if you're going to go young, if you're going to bring guys up, though, those guys can actually come in and contribute. Um, and, and like the rest of the rotation is what it is. You still have Ranger. I think you'll still have Christopher Sanchez who, who gave you a ton of good innings this year. Um, Taiwan Walker's whatever. I don't even know if I, I don't remember if he had a multi-year deal or not. I um, believe he did. What that was one of the weird things going into the playoffs is they just kind of pretended like Taiwan Walker didn't exist. A guy who led Major League Baseball in wins for a large part of the season. Yeah, I mean, a 15-game winner didn't see uh, even one pitch during the postseason, and like I get it. Like he definitely had his moments of uh, awfulness. Um, yeah. is one way to put it. Uh, during, during the season, like he could have games where he just absolutely blew up. And if you didn't want to risk that in the postseason, I, I see the point behind it. Walker um, looks to be signed through 2026, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're going to bring him back and he's going to have extra motivation, you know, through, uh, he was showing a little bit of that the day they got eliminated by liking tweets, uh, that were criticized Rob Thompson's use of him. So that mm. was cool. Um, I mean, obviously don't liking the tweets is dumb. But I don't want a guy to be like, oh, it's cool that I didn't play. Yeah, no, I agree. You got to have if you if you want to if you're a competitor and you want to actually contribute to these teams, you you want to be there. You want right. to be the guy who gets the ball and gets to go out there. But I mean, I think that that second that second starter is is really where the key is, and you got to figure out a little bit of the back end of the bullpen because I don't think anyone in in within like the tri-state area ever wants to see Craig Kimbrell take a uh, take a step on a, a mound in a Phillies uniform again so uh you got to figure that out I, I think that's the biggest thing and um maybe not swing at so many balls like uh from a batting perspective that's just me you know swinging pitches in the strike zone don't don't chase things all over the place like we did for the last five games of that Diamondback series have you considered a career as a hitting coach I thought about it. Um, you know, Kevin Long has. I can't. I, I can't. I can't say uh, yes or no whether we've traded emails back and forth. But uh, I, I, I gave him a few tips. He's thinking about giving giving it up and uh, handing over the reins to Greg Crown. Exactly. I mean, there's. You know, I'm a man of many talents, Chris. And uh, uh, major league hitting is just is just another another uh, sword in my uh, coffer. Sure. Uh, <laughs> it definitely didn't make sense, but it is what it is. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, okay, so Kimbrell is a free agent. You know, the, the team has been linked to Josh Hader. That would be interesting. Maybe Mick Abel is, uh, comes in as a starter this year. We shall see. We shall see, but uh, plus 900 at Bavada to win the World Series right now. They're those Philadelphia Phillies. So that's uh, guaranteed money. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, put your mortgage on it. That's, uh, I don't see how it doesn't work out. Also, bad thing to put your mortgage on because that's not going to pay off for a year. So you're going to want that mortgage money available to you over the next 12 months. You're probably right. That's that's 
that makes a lot of sense. But hey, I'll uh, I'll figure that. But that that that's a uh, that's a twelve months later problem. You know exactly right. That's not a that's not a right now problem. That's a later problem. And, <laughs> and we'll let we'll let later us worry about being homeless. <laughs> you you paying your mortgage monthly is for suckers. You just pay it every twelve months. That's how that's how you get it done, Chris. <laughs> yeah, after you after you win a baseball future at Bavada. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. See, it's all planned out. We're we got this. I already the bought the merch. It's the Macron strategy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Macron strategy. I should probably talk to him about whether or not we're doing a show today. Um, <laughs> the the NFL is just it's just chugging along, man. It's just chugging along. We are now more than uh, more than halfway through the season in this week nine mark. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, that joke will make sense to absolutely no one. So I'm just going to leave it in my head, but we've got the, all right. <laughs> we've got the tight, we've got the Titans and Steelers making, like, I'm just, I'm just, I haven't been sleeping. I'm not doing great. I hear you. I... We've got the Titans and Steelers on the Thursday night docket tonight. Uh, Amazon prime. I, I will never be intuitive for me to look on Amazon prime for the football game on Thursday night. First, I, I go through, all of the channels on YouTube TV. And I'm like, where am I not getting, am I blacked out? They're like, am I blacked out from the Titans game for some reason? <laughs> and then eventually I'm like, oh, right. Amazon prime. Literally the Eagles first game of the season was on Amazon prime. You would think it would help. It hasn't I'm really just talking at this point, the Tennessee <laughs> Titans in Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers Steelers minus three at Pavada. We'll live it. Uh, Will Levis. Great story. Great story. That was uh a really fun debut for, for Will, um, but the Steelers' defense is significantly better than um, the uh, whoever the losers are uh, on the other losers. side. Atlanta. Atlanta, that's what it is. Um, I think I think there's so much – just from a pressure standpoint, they're going to be able to get to Will Levis, and I think, I think it's going to cause a, a little bit of drama in uh, – in his second career start. So uh, I, I actually really like the Steelers, especially if Pickett actually does play, uh, even though their offense has been mediocre. But I, I, I figure this is going to be a low-scoring game, uh, if you ask me. But uh, I like the Steelers at home. Well, I, th- I thought it was crazy that Levis became, what, the first first player to, in his first start to throw three or more touchdown passes of over 30 yards uh, and he still only ended up at two thirty nine. Yeah, wasn't well, it wasn't a ton of yardage. But you know, you're not going to complain about what you got from that guy, especially considering what you've been getting from Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill not traded. A lot of talk that he could be moved prior to the deadline was not. Uh, so you like you like Steelers here? I do. I definitely uh, do. You like Steelers here? <laughs> uh, I don't know what's wrong with me, Greg. I don't know what's wrong with me. The Miami Dolphins take on the Kansas City Chiefs at Frankfurt Stadium in Frankfurt, Germany. Back back to Germany for a little NFL football. Bavada has the Chiefs minus one and a half. I love the Dolphins in this game, <clears throat> uh, which probably makes me very dumb and very square here. But I don't – the Chiefs' offense is – perplexing it doesn't make a ton of sense it's only good apparently when taylor swift's there because travis kelsey plays really well 
Um, yeah, that guy was really a nothing before Swift came along. I mean, it's a, the, listen, I'm just going based off of recent trends. Um, but I just, I don't know. I don't know if the, I don't know if the Chiefs have the ability to score with them. Like mm-hmm. they, they just don't have like, eh, Miko Hardman, you're back. Well, we, we proved that you can stink again on your second time around with the Chiefs. Like, it's it's weird. It, uh, Greg, he had two catches for thirteen yards. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, I think he also fumbled a kick return or a punt. Like everything, everything sort of went bad for uh, he, for them. So he did have a fumble and a fumble lost. So there's that. That seems bad. That seems bad. You try um, not to, if if at all possible. There's just there's just not enough there's not enough that scares anyone on the outside from the Chiefs, despite having probably the best quarterback of a generation, if not of all one of the best of all time. So yeah, it's it's just it's a tough it's a tough go offensively at the moment. Uh so I kind of really like the I really like the Dolphins. The, the Dolphins in this one. I must have the Jets for some reason. I'm, lo- I'm losing it too, Chris. Doesn't sound right to me. So it is interesting. It's week nine, and we've got a couple of teams that are basically openly tanking already, one of which is the Arizona Cardinals, who are in Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. Pavada has Clayton Toon and those Arizona Cardinals plus eight on the road. I mean, it's it's very clear. They just they're like, Kyler, you can come back and practice, but we'll see. We'll see if we want to actually get you out on the field. Um I mean, I think the Browns' defense eats them up. I know on betters delayed, I don't like to change picks once I put them in. Mm-hmm. And my assumption in my head was, oh, they traded Josh Dobbs. They're going to start Kyler Murray. They can cover eight points against the Cleveland Browns team that's starting P.J. Walker. And then mid-show, it was revealed to me that it was announced that Clayton Toon would be the starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still rode with the Cardinals, but I'm way less confident in that pick now. As you should be, as you should be, the Chicago Bears in New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints. Pavada has the Saints minus eight and a half. Mm, I mean, I think it's the Saints. Do I think the Saints, if you watch their game last week, they they, they did this. It's, it's crazy. It's innovative. They started throwing the ball further than five yards past the line of scrimmage. And what, it, it, what do you mean? It turns out it works. <laughs> um, they used guys speed to take the top off of a defense. I, it's uh, groundbreaking, if you ask me. Um, but Derek Carr actually looked like he could throw the ball deep again, which is nice. So if you're a Saints fan, you have to be happy about it. Kamara looked great, uh, and I think they can carry that over um, in you know as the season keeps going because I think that they're easily that best team in the NFC South, uh, and I don't see how – I don't see how the Bears can stay with them, especially if we're getting week three of the Tyson Badgen experiment. Uh, the Tyson Badgen era, Greg. Correct. Uh, my apologies. Era. <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams in Green Bay to take on the Packers. Bavada has the Packers minus three and a half at home. It's so hard to take the Packers in this game, even if it is the backup quarterback for the Rams, because the Packers clearly stink. And I don't know. I don't know why. Like I, I'm mean, Jordan Love, obviously some growing pains. It's year one. It is what it is. But mm-hmm. I don't think I said I yelled about this last year more because it was a, a fantasy football thing. This year, it's not a fantasy football thing. They just don't get the ball to Aaron Jones enough. He's their best right. offensive weapon, and he never touches the ball. I watched. I watched. Um, 
uh, who's their backup? AJ Dillon gets stopped at the goal. He's their big back. I watched him get stopped at the goal line on two straight plays, and you're like, stop trying to make AJ Dillon a thing. Like, please right. stop, Matt. Matt, uh, whatever your name is, the coach of the Packers. Matt, not Patricia. It's uh, hmm. Well, regardless, it, it, it don't. I'm letting you work this out on your own. Uh, stop, stop giving AJ Dillon the ball as much as you do. Like, we get it. You want to have a multi-back thing. Use Aaron Jones. Use him. Get him the ball in space. It's I yelled about it for years with Eckler. When you have dynamic guys who can create with the ball in their hands, use it. Throw mm. short passes to him. Let him create like that. It's. It feels like it shouldn't be this hard. It really does. You're thinking Matt LaFleur, by the way. Matt LaFleur, yes. That's exactly who I was thinking of. Um, I, I it's To me, I think... I think you almost have to take the Rams to cover because you feel like Aaron Donald can have a field day with that offensive line. So I think I have to go with the Rams. The Minnesota Vikings, who just acquired Josh Dobbs from those Arizona Cardinals, take on the Atlanta Falcons, who have turned the reins over to Taylor Heineke. Bavada has Taylor Heineke in the Falcons. What a sentence. Minus four and a half at home. I can't imagine Dobbs is going to start this game. I no. think it's got, I think it's going to be Jaron Hall um, or Sean Mannion, I guess, was their practice squad QB. Uh, Oregon State, great, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I believe you mean Oregon State participant. <laughs> well, you had Brandon Cooks and made him look good a couple times uh, over the course of the season, uh, seasons, I guess. Um, but I – I think Heineke makes the Falcons better, which is a crazy thing to say. Um, I think he's better than Desmond Ritter. So, I, and I feel like you're playing a second or third string quarterback for the Vikings. And regardless of, you know, talent and, uh, regardless of talent and like weapons on the outside, I just don't know if they can get it done uh, on that short of a notice. So I kind of really like the Falcons in this one. You saying that is kind of like saying malaria is better than Ebola. I mean, is it not, Chris? <laughs> is it not? You know, it's funny, though. I felt like Ritter was playing adequate football the last handful of weeks for the first time in his NFL career. And they're like, hey, you know what? We're going to make a move. He just wasn't taking care of the ball enough, though. Like he would sure. he had costly turnovers regard like his numbers were getting better for sure. But the turnovers were still a major factor, and I feel like teams teams don't let that fly as much as they probably could um, in these situations. That's fair. The Seattle Seahawks are in Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens, and Bavada has those Ravens minus six at home. I feel like this should be this should be a, a smaller line, but I understand why the east to west coast the ravens have looked pretty good over the course of the last you know three to four weeks even though they struggled a little bit last week mm-hmm. um but they they've sort of ascended to the top of the the division and and into the, a playoff spot in the afc did you mute yourself there champ nope yes i did didn't i um <laughs> jesus uh i think it's i i what I was saying was that the Ravens have sort of ascended into that playoff spot in the AFC. And I think that I, I I think that they should be able to win this game. I just Seattle's defense has played really, really well. 
and the lack of really consistent contributors on the outside for Lamar Jackson does worry me uh, yeah. a little bit for them in this game. So I have to ride with the Seahawks on this. And they just keep throwing options at it and nothing is working. Well, it, they it's never, it, but it's, ne- but think about it. It's never like, Hey, we're going to go out and we're going to make a big trade for like a legitimate number one receiver. I mean, they it's, used two consecutive first round picks on wide receivers, uh, Hollywood Brown, but then they gave up on him. No, that I mean, uh, they got uh, what's oh, Rashad the, Bateman. Rashad Bateman, right. And, and uh, Zay and Flowers. Zay Flowers. Eh, the jury's still out on Flowers. He's been all right this year. Bateman, I just feel like when he's not hurt, he's not doing anything else. So it's weird. Odell is in nothing at this point. Odell is basically a, a, a glorified Nelson Aguilar at this point. Got the bag, though, dude. Got that bag. It is remarkable that he got the contract that he did because he it's just so clear he wasn't good. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I completely agree. It's so weird. People, this name recognition alone keeps getting him contracts. <laughs> they see the name, dude. That's all it is. Yeah, but Julio's playing on a practice squad. I just elevated today. Congrats, Julio. I think I mean that guy had a tu- that guy had a touchdown last weekend. That's true. That's one more than Odell has this year. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Houston to take on the Houston Texans. Bavada has the Texans minus two and a half at home. The bu- we we gave all that praise to Baker Mayfield, and the Bucs have been terrible since. Like yeah, he, it went to his head. He had to have. He had. A, he he listened to me and use words and praise for him, and all of a sudden he was walking. The the chip on the shoulder got a little less, uh, a little a little smaller, and now now look where we're at. Um, I I like the way Houston's played. I know they lost to Carolina. It's a tough one, you know. Carolina dying for that first win, and finally got it. I think I think it's a Houston I think it's a Houston win here. I just do. I think Stroud's gonna be pretty good again. Um their their injuries on offense have hurt them a little bit, which is which is a struggle. So uh but I, I do think that they I do think Houston takes this one. Where are we the Washington Commanders in New England to take on the Patriots. Bavada has the Patriots minus three. Uh I have to imagine that the commanders are like we're trying to lose here yeah you know um we're we're going from there and it's but the patriots are so bad (laughs) like they just they're in this situation where they compete 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 they're pretty close in games and they have just zero chance of ever actually pulling it off except for that uh that last second touchdown against the bills like other than that they've been wildly unimpressive I, i don't really know what else to think about them um, I think, I think this is a game where the command, I, I, but because the commander's defense was just decimated by the trade deadline, like what, what pressure can they get on Mac Jones, which is where Mac Jones struggles the most. Like maybe I have to take the Patriots in this one. The Indianapolis Colts in Carolina to take on the Panthers and Bavada has the Panthers plus two and a half at home. I like the Panthers at home. I took the Panthers money line um, on Better's Delight simply because I think they – it was because of what me and you talked about last week, actually, how the Panthers just seem to be a little bit better at home um, in these games. And 
Um, Gardner Minshew had the shines come off a tiny bit in 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 the last couple of of games after that four touchdown outburst a few weeks ago. Um, I don't know what they're doing with Jonathan Taylor. I feel like he didn't play a ton in the last game. Um, which if you're not going to use him, why did you pay him? Like right. unless unless you thought you were going to trade him, which I don't know what I don't know if, what that situation is. Obviously, you can't now. So like. Make a decision, guys. Let's use the guy who is potentially a top five running back in the NFL. Uh, let's five? Potentially the right. best running back in the NFL. Sure. <laughs> potentially. I didn't want to over, oversell By it, the way, but yeah, you're right. He had 12 carries for 95 yards. Yeah, but I feel like, I feel like 11 of those carries came in the first half. I feel Maybe. like I heard that uh, or read that somewhere in, uh, in my like weekly recap of the NFL. I mean, nobody um, was doing nobody's doing badly. Zach Moss was averaging six yards a carry in his own right. Zach Moss somehow very good all of a sudden. Not mm-hmm. sure what happened. Finally found the right fit in Indy. Shane Steichen is it? Is Shane Steichen the running back whisperer? It's that Shane Steichen magic. It really might be. It really might be. Um, but I still I like the Panthers at home here. The well, here we go. Dallas Cowboys head to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Bavada has the Eagles minus three at home. As long as Jalen Hurts plays the entire game, I don't see how we cannot cover this game. And the reason I say that is because every time this season Dallas has come up against a relatively adequate opponent, they crumble like a sandcastle. It's it's happened. They got sm- smoked by the 49ers, and the 49ers may not be good. Um, they got, you know, they, they've just been, been really kind of handled and their wins are against just mediocre team to, to, to gosh, darn awful team. This team lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I, I don't, I don't trust them. It's very easy to beat up on a Rams team that isn't very good, uh, and doesn't have, you know, uh, a lot of the weapons that you're, you see in South Philadelphia. Like that's, that's not that hard. The Rams are in the middle of a weird year. So, like, I'm not overly concerned that, oh, well, they just put up 40-plus on them. Yeah, but the Rams also turn the ball over in their own zone a ton. Uh, right. And Best, like, best team they've beat is the Chargers. And and some and would say the Chargers are good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I uh, I think if you go into this game and you take care of the your business, protect the ball, uh, I think you the Eagles should certainly take this game down for sure. I don't know. Are the Jets? I guess maybe the Jets are the best team they beat. Maybe the Jets, are, Jets are four and three. I mean, the Jets punted fourteen times on Sunday, so that's exciting football. <laughs> what, what was it? One? It was one punt short of the record. Twenty three punts and the record's twenty four punts in a game. Man. If only you could be there to see that live. <laughs> in the rain, Chris. In a downpour. The New York Giants in Las Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders and uh, new starting quarterback Aiden O'Connell. Raiders minus one and a half at Bavada. Uh I mean it's it's the new co- it's it's new coach bump. It's fired coach bump. This is this is a Raiders game all day. I think the Raiders win by like two touchdowns. Uh, the Giants stink. Turns out Brian Dable, maybe not a genius. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I, I think that the Raiders absolutely crush uh, in this game. I think, you know, the, the Raiders should have won 
the other night. It, Jimmy G just couldn't hit wide open Devontae Adams for multiple like 60-yard touchdown catches where he's literally wide open standing there with no one around him. But hey, and, Devontae took it like a pro. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm sure. I'm sure he was very, uh, you know, respectful in in his uh, dealings with it. Um, it's unbelievable. Hey, the guy's so good, uh, but it, this is the guy. It's that. There's just something about receivers, man. That's just 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 the way they are. I don't know. If if they was it him? Yeah, it was him. He said. Like we're we're winning games, we're not winning them the right way because I'm not I'm not the one that's leading the team in receiving yards and TDs. Yeah. Like, all right, man, it's just team just, first attitude. It's just just win games, just win games, and hopefully Aiden O'Connell can give him that uh, that ability and you know actually use him uh, to win the game. So, but we'll see. I like the Raiders. And uh, where are we at? Sunday night football. The Carolina, no, that's not right. Where Sunday Night Football, is that right? Half no, we, already had, we already had it's Panthers the Bills and yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay, I see what's going on here. I see what's going on here. That's a Thursday night game, Greg. The Buffalo Bills in Cincinnati to take on the Cincinnati Bengals Sunday night, 8.20 p.m. start. Bavada has the Bengals minus one and a half. The Bengals are fixed, I guess. Uh, Joe Burrow, somehow completely healthy. Uh, they absolutely demolished the 49ers in that game. I don't, I, I mean, it was not very close. They, they sort of exposed uh, the 49ers even more for having a really, really bad secondary. Um, but they, they're starting to get it rolling again. You know, the, they, they're doing what they've done the past, I don't know. Five, four seasons start slow and then just turn it on and just crank out win after win after win. And the bills are just so up and down. Like they're one week. They look absolutely unbeatable. Then they have like two mediocre games. They may even lose one in there. Um, if they don't lose, they like win, but like rarely, really like closely like that Bucks game, Chris Godwin turns around and actually looks for the ball. They, the bills lose on a hail Mary. Like it's it's crazy, mm-hmm. um, but I just I think I think the Bengals are the more complete team at the at the moment. I know I know Chris, tell me playoff Lenny is there for the Bills now. All sure. of our running game problems are solved. Leonard Fournette has arrived, uh, but he probably won't be ready to go right away uh, and be that playoff Lenny version of himself. So I'm going with the Bengals here. I don't know, Greg. That's a guy who keeps himself in pretty great shape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And finally, Monday Night Football, the aforementioned Los Angeles Chargers head to New York to take on the New York Football Jets. And uh, Bavada has the Jets plus three and a half at home. I mean, at what point does Aaron Rodgers start again for the Jets? I think this week is in play. <laughs> I mean, it, it really feels like it might be. Uh, but Zach Wilson, I will say, for for all the criticisms that I've given him, over the course of his career to be able to somehow get down to, to field goal range in that game with almost no time left uh, and give them a chance to at least tie it and send it to overtime, which they eventually didn't want. It was, it was pretty solid because he was getting beat up pretty much the entire day by that giants defensive line. Um, And then the chargers are just the chargers. They're just like, look terrible, look terrible, look terrible. Hey, we're all right now. 
We won a game. Uh, we beat a very bad team, but we're back. And let's see if they can do it again, right? I, 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 I do wonder if they'll be able to be as successful because the Jets' defense is just really, really, really good. Um, yeah. But it's it's. It, I feel like the Chargers should eke this game out, but I think that the Jets cover. If it was, it's what three? So three and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the Chargers can win this game by a field goal, uh, and the Jets walk away with uh, with the cover. All right, that is going to be it for this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Holdell. Thanks for listening, and we will see you back here next time.